Welcome, listeners. This is Citizen U, a forum for exploring local government and related issues in depth to increase your civic literacy, and with that, your ability to effectively engage in decisions effective, affecting our communities. I'm your third Wednesday host, Mari Roden. Supervisor Dan Jurdy hosts Citizen U on first Wednesdays. Today we're going to discuss emergency services in general and fire services and the Measure P sales tax in particular. And I have today three guests to talk about these issues. First is the county's new Acting Emergency Services Coordinator for Mendocino County. His name is Garrett James. He has a bachelor's degree in fire service administration and a master's in emergency management and homeland security. Garrett has been with the Mendocino County Office of Emergency Services for 18 months as an emergency services specialist. Also with me is Chief Dave Latouf. He's a 22-year member of the Mendocino Volunteer Fire Department and has served four years as chief. Chief Latouf is also the current president of the Mendocino County Fire Chiefs Association and chair of the committee for Yes on Measure P, which is the sales tax measure to be on this November's ballot. And third, we have Emily Tecchio. She is the county coordinator for Mendocino County's Fire Safe Council. This is a new grant-funded position to support communication between all the different fire, wildfire mitigation groups working to make this county better prepared for and more resilient to, fire, to wildfires. So welcome to the three of you. Um, I'd like to, to start um, with asking each of you to give a little bit of background. I just briefly introduced you, but for listeners and for myself who don't know you, um, just a little bit more background. So let's start with Garrett. Garrett, please introduce yourself. Thank you, Mari. Mm -hmm. um, good morning, everybody. I'm Garrett James. As Mari stated, I'm now the Acting Emergency Services Coordinator with Mendocino County. Um, I've been here for about 18 months. Um, my start in the field of emergency services came when I was younger, I started as an explorer for the Los Angeles City Fire Department. I was also on a hand crew for the fire department there as well. Um, I became an EMT. I worked as an EMT for a few years where I um, promoted to a paramedic and then eventually field training officer, paramedic coordinator. I've also been to a fire academy and things like that. And 18 months ago, I transitioned into emergency management. So Great. Thank you so much. And uh, Chief Latouf. Give us a little background. Hi, thanks for having me on the show today. Well, I'm a dedicated volunteer firefighter and the EMT for Mendocino Volunteer Fire Department. Giving your community your volunteer services is um, one of the proudest things I can do for our community. Uh, our county is small and we support and we rely on the volunteer firefighters as the backbone for the services of the county. And I've tried to support that in any way that I can. Thank you so much. And Emily, how do you say your last name? Tecchio? Yeah, you said it perfectly. Great. <laughs> yeah, so um, I started with the Fire Safe Council in January, so I am quite new. Um, before that, I worked for Assemblymember Jim Wood in his Ukiah District Office for four years. Um, and I am so glad to work for the Fire Safe Council. They are a really wonderful organization that provides lots of resources and programs to every corner of our community. So it's a really exciting place to be. That's great. So you all have slightly different roles in the community vis-a-vis -vis emergencies. You know, the Fire Safe Council, if I'm correct, is more prevention oriented and and then Chief Latouf as a firefighter and um, and the emergency services is is more, um, you know, reacting, responding to a, to an emergency. But I'm wondering, 
where your roles intersect with each other, first of all, and if you've ever met each other. So I, I'm sort of interested in the big picture of coordination uh, where prevention overlaps with response. And any, either of you, any of you can, can take this call, question. Well, I'll start out um, as president of the Fire Chiefs Association. All three of us interact at our every other month meetings that we have around the county. Different fire departments host those meetings. Uh, I've worked with Emily now for, gosh, probably the four years that you've been around. And yeah. uh, County OES attends those uh, meetings regularly. And I'll be looking forward to have Mr. Garrett at our next meeting. That would be in Elk on September 13th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And through the, we see our local fire departments as really strong partners in prevention services. And they are also um, really the, the best sort of communication with their communities. So they provide all sorts of education um, they help us implement our programs, get the word out. Um, so they are really our best partners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Garrett, do you have anything to add about coordination? I, I didn't know that there were monthly meetings that involve the Fire Safe Council and the responders. So that that's good to know. Yeah, those are, those are good meetings. I've been to a few of them in the past. Um, it's always good to coordinate with all of our um, operational area partners um, so that's something that we try to do on a regular basis so being invited to those meetings is is a way that we can keep in touch and make sure that we're all on the same page when we're responding and and uh, putting out preparedness information as well as a, an emergency services coordinator for the county what what exactly do you do uh, besides I responding in an emergency what else is involved in your role yeah, so we work on some preparedness stuff. Currently, um, we're working on getting out more into the public and getting people signed up for the emergency alerts and um, familiar with our website, mendoready.org. Um, since I've been here, because of COVID restrictions and stuff, we haven't been able to do that as much, so it's nice to be able to get out and, and help people. Um, we also put out um, information about preparedness stuff as well. Um, and then... On the back end here, we do a lot of planning um, so that when emergency does happen, we have the processes in place um, so that we can respond uh, efficiently and um, make sure that we have the best response possible. Another part of that is, is keeping in touch with all of our operational area partners and ensuring that we're all on the same page for that response as well. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to ask Chief Latouf from the Mendocino Volunteer Fire Department to talk a little bit about the volunteer fire departments in Mendocino County. How many are there? How well are they staffed? What's the outlook for them? And then maybe that will dovetail into discussion of Measure P. Thank you. Um, there is uh, 20 fire companies in Mendocino County. So one is full-time staffed, and that would be Ukiah. The remaining have either a paid chief or a few paid member, a few paid staff as firefighters, uh, with the rest being volunteer. This, a significant portion are all volunteer fire companies. The um, main challenge for fire companies is volunteer retention and um, funding to maintain training the business of being a fire company such as uh, workers comp insurance equipment fire equipment's quite expensive and it has to be reliable when responding to an emergency the um, Volunteers of Mendocino County are um, dedicated to serving their community. And that is what the real community knowledge of the area that you're serving is key to uh, the volunteer fire company mission. Most volunteer fire companies or all fire companies are supported by a board of directors for their and they're in the business of supplying them with the needed 
uh, items to keep the emergency response going. How do volunteer fire departments get fund? How are they funded? Well, um, in the past, the county has supplied, I'll, I'll speak for Mendocino, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, all of them are, this funding revenue stream is the same. The county gives each department a, a yearly allotment based on um, a, 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 some kind of uh, a yearly allotment based on a, a formula. Uh, many fire companies have their um, property assessment taxes that will be an additional revenue stream. We've we passed the TOT tax two years ago, transient occupancy tax that private campgrounds are supporting. That has been working really well. This is also similar to the model that we're using for Measure P. And there's been revenue streams um, augmenting uh, each fire company in that regard. Uh, let's see now. And then there's the barbecues and bake sales, which really is an unsustainable model for funding a fire company, but uh, that adds every little bit helps. I can't, I think I've covered about everything. So despite the, you know, these different funding sources, the, the county and property taxes and fundraisers, are volunteer fire departments adequately funded? By no means, and even this Measure P will not solve that problem. It'll start to get us to where we need to be. But still, the volunteers are going to remain the backbone. They're not paid. They come whenever they're called 24-7. And it is not possible within this county at the moment to have full-time paid fire personnel in every area of the county. Mm -hmm. And what about volunteer recruitment? You talked about volunteer retention as being a problem. What about recruitment? Yeah, that's usually uh, the local fire department and firefighters make contact with different uh, citizens in their fire district, and they'll have them start to interact at fire meetings and fire trainings, and people become interested in becoming a volunteer and different ways for different um, fire companies on how they are uh, voted in or or mm -hmm. that the bottom line is they have to be insured by the district at a certain point then they can respond as volunteers i was just wondering if changing demographics if there was changing demographics affecting recruitment or uh, maybe less interest by young people to become firefighters and if that was affecting the pool of volunteers that certainly comes into play. Uh, there was a point in time in Mendocino, we all looked around and the average age was 50. Mm -hmm. And that's since uh, been solved. We've had quite an influx of younger members. The problem in some areas is can you afford to live in that district? It's certainly a problem in our district. Other places where uh, property is cheaper, it might be a little less mm -hmm. of a problem. Uh, aging out uh, is a, a big problem, always wanting to have younger members come in and stay within that district takes about two years for, at least that's my opinion, to become aware of all the different facets of the volunteer fire company responses, medical fires, rescues, traffic collisions. Uh, to be honest with you, in our area, mostly it's a medical call that we get dispatched to. All right. Let's uh, let's uh, segue into the funding question because you had said that you know funding is is a major issue, and so maybe Emily, uh, you could talk about Measure P a little bit and what describe what the tax is and how the money is proposed to be spent should the measure pass. Yeah. Sure. Um, so Measure P will be on the ballot in November. All Mendocino County residents will be voting on it. 
Um, it is a reallocation of an existing quarter cent sales tax um, that will go to fund fire departments and fire prevention programs. 80% will go to our fire departments and 10% will go to countywide prevention programs. Um, and the uh, fire departments have agreed on an allocation formula um, that uh, closely follows, I believe, Prop 172 funds, a, a funding stream they already received. Well, the, um, oh. well can I ask you just interject a quick question about, you said 80% will go to departments. Does 90%. That, 90%. Oh, yeah, 90 and 10, right. So 90%. Does that include fire districts that, and uh, does it include fire departments that are so, part of cities or is it only volunteer? Yeah, so it goes to all of our 20 fire departments, which I believe are also called districts. I think there's, there's some technical difference between the words, but it goes to all 20 fire departments in the county um, on a, and the allocation was agreed upon with the Chiefs Association and with the Mendocino County um, Fire Districts Association. Um, and it, it's based off of population, right? Is that correct, Dave? Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a base rate that goes to every fire um, entity and then uh, it splits off uh, based on population. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, And it's not a new funding formula. It's something that they already work with and... Um, yeah, so, so we'll follow that model. And will this measure P be a general tax measure with a, an accompanying uh, statement that voters can say the way they want the, the funds spent, or is this going to be a special tax that requires a 66%, two-thirds, to, to pass? It is going to be a general tax. So there will be one thing that you vote on, Measure P, um, and it will state what it is intended to go towards. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Um, the uh, Board of Supervisors has a detailed resolution that accompanied this um, ballot measure stating that it would go towards fire and fire safe council. Mm -hmm. And that's um, on record. Right. All right. Well, I'd like to reintroduce uh, the show. You're listening to Citizen U. I'm your host, Mari Roden. Today we're talking about emergency services in general in Mendocino County and fire services in particular. And I have three guests with me. I have uh, Garrett James. He is the Acting Emergency Services Coordinator for Mendocino County. Chief Dave Latouf is a 22-year member of the Mendocino Volunteer Fire Department, and Emily Tecchio works for the Mendocino Fire Safe Council. Emily, can you talk a little bit about your this grant-funded role as coordinator for the Fire Safe Council and what you do in that role? Sure. Yeah, it's um it's a new position um, that came from a grant through the California Fire Safe Council that I believe was ultimately funded through Cal Fire. Um, and the position was to allow um, fire safe councils to hire this county coordinator position um, whose role is basically to coordinate and communicate and engage all the different wildfire mitigation groups throughout the county um, and to collect project proposals, in-process projects, and make sure that people are on the same page and communicating and interacting at the highest level possible because everyone is busy doing their job, right? And so you don't always have time to reach out to other groups and hear what they're doing. And so my role is to kind of be the clearinghouse of that information and help people connect and share resources and just better coordinate fire prevention services. Mm -hmm. And Garrett, do you, Garrett is the uh, Mendocino County uh, emergency services coordinator do you have a role in in uh, the with the fire safe councils um we do work closely together we work with the same mission to try and um prepare the community mm -hmm. does um, the county the fund uh provide any funding to the fire safe councils at all um we we have some funding through uh pg&e 
um, settlement funds to fund our chipper, our free community chipper program for, I think, five years, but I shouldn't say that without knowing exactly. Mm -hmm. And our senior defensible space um, program. Mm -hmm. So that came from the county. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just talk a, a, a couple more minutes of, about Measure P. And I also want to um, tell listeners that we'll be taking your calls if you have any questions or comments um, re related to emergency services. The number is 895 um, I wanted to ask you, are there any, uh, you know, what we know the pros, what, why people ought to vote for, for Measure P, but what would be the arguments against Measure P? Can, can you take the devil's advocate side? Yes, Chief Latouf, please. A chance I happen to have the argument against that'll be on the ballot. Um, is, there a, is there a group opposing Measure P? There is, mm -hmm. and um, there's four names that were assigned to that um, opposition. Um, and, of course, they could be on your show to give their point of view, too, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, they are tied mostly, in my opinion, to a special interest group uh, that does not want an ambulance service to compete against them. But the main uh, opposition point is they feel that there is no accountability with the Board of Supervisors, such as a Citizens Advisory Committee, and that is not quite true at all there will be because this is a general tax and not and it only needs 50 plus one to pass the money will go into the general fund of course the resolution says it's going to go to where we've stated to the fire departments and the fire safe council 20 fire chiefs 20 fire districts 20 um the mendocino county uh, Fire Chiefs Association, the Mendocino County Association of Fire Districts, all will be looking every year during budget time where that money is going to be going. And you know that many people will apply a lot of pressure if it's not going to where it said it was going to go. So the accountability is built into this. Yeah. What is the projected revenue, say, for the Mendocino uh, Volunteer Fire Department? What, you know, what percentage of your current budget will, you know, you get in addition um, through if Measure P were to pass? Well, let's see now. Um, we would get approximately 50% more um, in our budget if that were to pass based on past years of the sales tax performance. Uh, there's dollar numbers, but uh, in some cases, it's going to triple some of the more rural fire departments. And yes, they are out there on the front line, but I want to let you know, one of the other opposing arguments stated was that it's not going to, um, these small departments are going to be on their own out there to fight the fires. That's exactly not true. We have a mutual aid system within this county where every fire department is automatically dispatched to these, you know, emergency incidents. Uh, the county OES coordinates all of this. And so no one's left on their own out there. Everybody's going to benefit from this. Mm -hmm. It's a no brainer for this to pass. Right. And so what are the priorities for small rural volunteer fire departments for use of the funds equipment mostly sometimes they have to borrow to buy a new fire truck this will go a long ways to make that not have to happen their um, uh, stations have to be maintained to house all this equipment all the um, volunteers or paid or not uh, have to be equipped with uh, protective gear and trained how to use it. So that's where all this money is going to go. Emily, did you have something to add? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say too, as a as a sort of outsider to the to the fire chiefs, but an observer, um, the the uh, Mendocino County Fire Chiefs Association and the Districts Association um, are two highly active advocacy groups 
um, and they have been interacting with the Board of Supervisors and the county for years. And they have also been managing the Prop 172 and the TOT funds that come in. So they are well practiced um, at receiving funds from the county and making sure that they are properly allocated. Mm -hmm. And the Fire Safe Council is going to receive 10%. Uh, what is the Fire Safe Council's plans for the 10%? Yeah. And what and what and also I'm curious what percent of the Fire Safe Council's budget is with this 10%. I mean, it doesn't uh, yeah. roughly. Yeah, I can't quite say what percent of our budget it is. We are um, primarily grant funded. We run on grants. Um, which means that our programs are always in danger of either being un underfunded or completely defunded. Um, and at a time when fires are more and more frequent, more and more dangerous, um, as a community, uh, we just can't have that. We want our programs to be consistent, reliable, and we want to extend them into every corner of the county. Um, and continue to grow them. So we have three, we have quite a few programs, but we have sort of three mainstay programs, our free community chipper days, um, our defensible space for income qualified seniors, and our home hardening assessments. Um, and with these funds, we would not only be able to um, make sure that these programs continue and are robust and dependable, but we'd also be able to expand them. Mm -hmm. um, some things that we would really like to do is do defensible space cost share. Um, and do but What does that hardening. look like? Could you explain so what that means? So it would extend the program beyond just income qualifying seniors um, because, you know, defensible space work is expensive um, and it's difficult to afford and having the extra um, just boost and funding from an organization uh, will can you can get a lot of work done. Mm -hmm. um, and that not only increases your safety, but increases your neighbors and your entire community safety being able to actually get that work done. Um, and then same thing for home hardening retrofitting assistance. So um, there are some programs out there in other counties where they offer a cost share match of a certain amount of money so that you can replace your vents or maybe you can get some new windows um, just and make the changes to your home that will make it more resilient to wildfire that, again, are just, just out of reach for people. Right. So. Yeah, does the does the Fire Safe Council recommend the home hardening and so on for all homeowners in Mendocino County or primarily people in the kind of urban wildland urban interface areas? Um I was I'm curious about that as a person who lives in a in Ukiah in an urban area. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, absolutely, if you live in the Louis, you should be looking at home hardening, and you can go to our website, um, and we have a, it's a firesafemendocino.org, and we have a great series of home hardening videos, so you can learn about all the different things you can do for your home. Some of them, like I said, are quite pricey, uh, like replacing all your windows with dual-pane tempered glass, but other ones... Um, are low cost and even free and you can get it done in a weekend so go check that out and i would say yes it, it applies to everyone in mendocino county we saw what happened in coffee park we saw what happened in paradise um wildfire and fires are a risk for us all mm -hmm. um, i'd like to switch over and, and uh talk about some other types of emergencies uh, so garrett um what is what are the the county's preparedness plans around other types of emergencies like flooding you know there was a big uh you know we read about and heard about um what do they call the mega storms that the the chance of a mega storm in california is now one in 50 or something um and you know that those are going to be epic flooding of epic proportions and uh, so i was wondering if you could talk about preparations around flooding and around earthquake and coordination with our 
with our volunteer departments around those kinds of emergencies as well? Of course. Um, it's important to be prepared for any emergency. Um, so we recommend that everybody, um, if you go on our website, there on the Know Your Hazard page, there's a tool, Cal OES Know Your Hazard tool. You can go on there, put in your address to see if you are in one of these flood areas or earthquake areas, which in California, everyone's in an earthquake area. Um, but you can find out if you're in those areas. And then we also have information on, on that website as well as how you can prepare. And you have a go bag ready. You can sign up for emergency alerts. Um, know that when the first responders get in the area that the, the public can get out quickly and safely. And then uh, we also have plans on our end of how we're going to respond to that and who we're going to coordinate with to make sure that our response is, is it, um, the best response possible as well. Mm -hmm. Great. We have a caller, so let, let's take our first call. Hello, caller. Do you have a question? Yeah, I'm wondering why. Okay. Well, I'm not sure about that. So, um, <laughs> uh, I wanted to, yeah, if you could, could go on. I, you were talking about how individuals could can be prepared and they can go to website. Um, and I, I, at the end of the show, I'm going to ask you to, to repeat all those sources of information, but I'm curious what plans the county has it to respond. You know, what, what will happen if there's a mega flood? What will the, you know, what will these, the agencies, what are they prepared to do? Of course, uh, it depends on the different areas of the county with the different response agencies that are going to respond to these emergencies. Um, on our end, we're going to make sure that the public is alerted and we're going to try and inform them and we're going to place the information on our, our website so that we can keep the public informed. And then if when we need open the, the emergency operations center, we'll um, work with those partners to support them and and, and get them anything that we can to help the response for those efforts. Mm -hmm. Emily, were you about to say something? No. I will um, reintroduce the show. This is Citizen U. It's a forum for exploring local government and related issues in depth to increase your civic literacy and with that your ability to effectively engage in decisions affecting our communities. And I'm your host Mari Roden and we're speaking with Emergency Services Coordinator Garrett James for the County, Chief Dave Latouf of the Mendocino Volunteer Fire Department and Emily Tecchio who is the County Coordinator for the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council. We have another call, just a moment. Caller, you're on the air. Do you have a question? No, I just called a minute ago. No. Okay. Okay. So. Um, oh dear. Yeah, we're gonna drop that call. Um, so, Emily, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the Fire Safe Councils. Uh, the you know the neighborhood groups. I I'm familiar with a couple of them and incredibly impressed by the organization of them but for listeners who aren't familiar with what the structure of fire safe councils in Mendocino yeah. County could you talk a little bit about that and how yes. they coordinate with the counties overall fire yes. safe yeah we have um I, I believe at this point we have uh, over 50 neighborhood fire safe councils um and what that is is a group of um, neighbors, community members, um, it can be like, it can, it can be a neighborhood, it can be a street, um, it can be a town who get together, form a neighborhood fire safe council and start, um, discussing what the needs are for their community. Um, and it's not only, it's not only needs, it's about like making connections, um, getting to know each other um, because groups that are uh, groups that communicate with each other are better suited to survive a disaster. And um, we have them all over the county um, and they're all different. They're all tailored to their community and to what 
um, what matters for that group and what kind of goals they want to achieve. And it's very important for us to have these neighborhood fire safe councils. They're, they're all volunteers um, because they provide the on-the-ground information. They are the ones who know their community best. So they help us identify projects, identify needs, get the word out about our programs, um, and they are... They're really the backbone of our organization. So there's there's one in Ukiah, the Western Hills Fire Safe Council that I'm familiar with. And the leader, uh, well, the former leader of that group was extremely well educated about, you know, about the risks and, you know, but I wonder about other fire safe councils how how are the le- how is the leadership trained um to understand and take and and direct the the group underneath so mm-hmm. yeah wondering about that so these um these neighborhood fire safe councils definitely form organically um and the the leaders kind of show themselves and and uh they they rotate to, you know, because it's volunteers, so people take different roles at different times. We have a bi-monthly neighborhood fire safe council leadership um, Zoom meeting now, uh, where all the sort of different leaders of the neighborhood councils get on, and um, we give a little bit of an update about what the fire safe council is doing, and then they can share with each other what they're doing, um, whether they're having successes or challenges, and they really work together and get information from each other. And then we also try to provide lots of educational materials. So we have, like, our home hardening videos. Um, We have, like, defensible space videos um, just to really disseminate that information about wildfire mitigation. Mm Mm-hmm. We have another call. Let's see if it's somebody different this time. Hello, caller. Do you have a question? Hi. Yes. Uh, my name's Deb, and I have two questions. One's real quick, and the other's longer. The quick one is I keep getting these calls saying they're from the volunteer uh, fire to people, and they want donations. I think it's a scam. Is that true? Uh, let's take that first call, and then... Uh We'll take your second question. Thank you. Um, I can answer for my department that we don't call people. Uh, Occasionally, not every year, maybe every few years, we'll write a letter asking for donations, and that's the way we communicate to our, our people in our district. I can't imagine that any department in this county would go through a phone call mechanism to try to ask for donations. Right, they probably don't have the staffing for that. <laughs> uh, so let's take the caller's second question. The other one is I have neurological problems, so I live way out in the hills, and I can't, I can't use a computer or a car, so I would love to have uh, some kind of a phone alert if that's possible, if there's a fire, so I have more time to get out. Great question. Thank you so much for your call. Who would like to take that? Chief? Yeah, I can uh, start and um, uh, County OES can augment that. There's a a phone alert system that you can sign up to uh, for through the Sheriff's Department. It's zone specific uh, based on your number. You go to the Sheriff's Department website and there's a a link to being able to get alerts and and i guess she doesn't have a computer but uh they do uh contact either landline or cell phones based on the emergency in the area are those the nixle alerts uh that's one type of alert system there's i think two or three out there i'm a little confused about them myself perhaps uh yeah, uh, I have a question. Uh, maybe Garrett can speak to it, but the Nix alerts aren't that great, in my opinion. I get, I'll get an alert on my phone, and we'll say, uh, you know, a little fire is, is brewing, you know, uh, at this intersection. But to get any more information, you need to 
touch a, that link and then, you know, you need a computer and so on. And you have to kind of go through these different layers to at, really find out what's going on. And so anyway, um, Garrett James from the county, um, could you talk a little bit about these alerts and of course I can. Um, the, alert, the alerts are done by the, the sheriff's office currently. Um, and if you go to our website, mendoready.org, there's two links to two different opt-in systems. There's the Mendo alert, which is on the Everbridge system, which will, on that system, it'll give a text message. It can do a reverse 911 type call, and it, uh, you can put in an email in there as well. What's and it called? A Mendo what? Mendo alert. Mm -hmm. And then... There's other types of information, backups and stuff that you can put in there as well. There, you can put in, I think, up to like 10 different sources of contact information in there. And then there's Nixle as well, which is just a, a text-based system. It'll only go to cell phones. Um, the reason the messages are short on the Nixle um, is because they're limited by character count in the system. So you can only get so many characters in there. Um, that's why there's usually a link that'll take you to a longer message as well. Um, you can also find that information on our website, mentoready.org. There's a feed on there that displays the Nixle and the Everbridge links, as well as the Sheriff Department Twitter account um, information. Um, also in the system, they do do, um, they get information from the phone companies. Um, for the county, and they have that input in the system. So if you have a landline, that information, if it's registered with the phone company, should be put in there as well. Um, so you shouldn't have to register, but the best thing to do is to double check and make sure that you register by going to our website and registering for both Mendo Alert and Nixle. Okay, so you recommend for that people register for both of them. I was going to ask you what the pros and cons are, but I suppose if you register for both... Well, you, you get the best of both worlds. Of course. The more method you can prepare, the better. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're taking calls this morning. If you have any questions or comments on emergency services, the number is 707-895-2448. And uh, I, this is Citizen You. I'm your host, Mari Roden, and we're speaking with... Um, Chief Dave Latouf of the Mendocino Volunteer Fire Department, Emily Tecchio, who's the County Coordinator for the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council, and Garrett James, who is the Acting Emergency Services Coordinator for Mendocino County. Yeah. So I, um, in one of my roles as a in in my professional work, I uh, a, a while back did a did the large animal emergency evacuation plan for the county, and it's probably been you know revised since then. But I'm curious, what what does that look like? Large, we have we have ranches in Mendocino County. We have you know horses. What? How, how does evacuation of large animals um, happen? Could you talk about that? Probably um, Garrett James, but uh, maybe one of the others. Um, yeah, so um, when an emergency happens, we'll designate a site that will evacuate large animals to. Um, I'm not exactly sure on the specifics of how um, the animals get there. Um, okay. I believe some people have to, they bring them there themselves as they can. Um, I have to look into it a little bit more. And get sure, back that's fine. Uh, we have a call, so let's see. Hello, caller. Do you have a question? I have a question, yes. Can mm -hmm. you hear me well? We do. Okay, great. Well, it's a little fuzzy, actually. Okay, how's that? Okay. It's not so good. You want to... Okay. Oh, that's better. Is that better? Okay, good morning. Um, caller, I think you should uh, get yourself in a better location and give us a call back. All right. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, go back to Measure P. Um, yeah, Emily, uh, would you like to talk about Measure P a little bit more? Um, repeat for maybe listeners who just tuned in what it is and what it's going to fund. Yeah, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is uh, not a new tax. It is a reallocation of an existing tax that is sunsetting. So it uh, would give uh, a quarter cent towards fire departments um, and fire prevention programs. 90% would go to our fire departments um, who desperately need this funding. And it's it's been long awaited for them. Um, and it's incredibly important to their function as fire departments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 10% would go towards prevention services um, to countywide programs um, that we really need to ramp up to become safer and to provide more services to, to communities who are already trying to make themselves um, more resilient to wildfire. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it also, I forgot to mention earlier, it sunsets. It's a, sun, it's a 10-year tax. Um, and so the accountability, accountability part of it is built in with all the different fire chiefs, all the different fire districts um, who will be watching every year as these dollars come into the county and making sure they get allocated. And then it, uh, voters will have the opportunity to vote it in again in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Is there a campaign in, uh, for Measure P? Oh, advocacy? yes. I should have mm-hmm. mentioned the website so long ago. <laughs> we do. We, we have a website. Um, it is yesonpmendo.com. Um, and you can find lots of information on there. You can also find the funding allocation under the accountability tab. So you can go in and see how much your fire department is projected to receive. And then we also have an endorsements page. Um, And so if you would like to endorse this incredibly important measure, you can do that on our website. Great, thank you. So we have a call, let's take that. Hello caller. Good morning. Is that clear? Much better. What's your question? Um, a, a lot of us folks who actually live out in the hills um, uh, have trouble getting through with the communications. And now that some of the uh, networks are changing and upgrading, it seems like we're even having more trouble, which uh, is leaving some of us feeling a little insecure. Um after the 2017 fires, some of the folks here in River Valley and around were really adamant about getting the early warning sir- the sirens up and working. And um, I know, Garrett, you're just, you're just getting in and just hearing about this, but Plan B seems to not be talked about a lot or at all. And so just um, with how many times all communications have gone down, we had one mm-hmm. time the first time, and then, of course, the Calpella fire there, you know, we lost some communications during that time. So um, I think some of us would really like to know what's going on with Plan B. Um, mm-hmm. And also, it's my first question. Yeah. And my second question is asked to, um, for the fire chief there, and thank you thank all the volunteers who do what they do. And um, uh, my second question is, um, as far as working with the budgets, as we continue to um, use uh, fossil fuels with our uh, fire trucks and not really think about maybe purchasing electric fire trucks and possibly drones for the future, which will bring the type of volunteers that we want to have here and actually, um, you know, be the first around to have such uh, green type of uh, firefighting. I think this is going to keep the young folks who uh, did volunteer after the 2017 fires interested in uh, what's going on around here. So I think the newer technology is going to help us Mm -hmm. budget so we're not using fuels which go up and down in budgets. We need to consider purchasing some newer style equipment thank Thank, you thank you for your call so the first question i don't sure uh i think this would be to garrett was about sirens i I don't know if that is an official plan b but um could you talk a little bit about that since since in remote areas sometimes cell reception is is iffy sure um i believe the area he's talking about is in the redwood valley area they recently did put up a siren in that area 
Um, I know that they're looking for more funding to put more sirens in that area as well. Um, those sirens would be managed by the Redwood Valley Fire Department and set off by them. Um, but I believe some um, people on the disaster recovery team here are looking, helping, looking for funding sources for those sirens. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, our hour is coming to a close, and so I'd like to go to each of you and ask you to um, tell listeners uh, what resources are available through your organization or um, and, and also ways to contact you if they have further questions. Let's start, Emily Tecchio. Um, so you can visit our website, firesafemendocino.org, to learn more about our program. Um, you can also call 707-462-3662 if you prefer to use phone over computer, and um, Bobby will tell you all about our programs. Um, and then uh, please go visit yesonpmendo.com um, and learn more about Measure P and why it is so important to provide this funding for our fire departments and fire prevention. Thank you so much for being here, Emily. And Chief Latouf. Yes, um, if you're um, in the district of Mendocino Fire, our phone number is 707-937-0131. Uh, a quick Google search of, for Mendocino Fire will pull up our website. We meet every Wednesday at 7, uh, trainings or meetings. Uh, and yes, our uh, web the website Emily just said about is uh, really informational. So please, all of you, support Measure P. It, it's going to go a long ways to help your fire protection and medical response in this county. Thank you so much uh, for for joining us today, Chief Latouf, and uh, Garrett James. Um, if you have closing remarks, ways people can contact you, and maybe you could repeat those uh, websites for alerts and anything else emergency-related that people ought to know. Great, of course. Um, yeah, the website is mendoready.org. Please visit it and get familiar with it. On that website, you'll find links to both of the opt-in alerting systems, which are Mendo Alert and Nixle. And you'll also find the current emergencies map, which has the pre-established evacuation zones. Um, you can search that map by clicking on the top right corner, and then there's a magnifying glass that'll pop up on the new page, and you can search your address in there. And then you can click and get on the zone, and it'll tell you what zone you're in. Um, and there's also other preparedness and um, emergency-related information on there that you can find. So mm -hmm. if you need to contact me, uh, you can contact me at oes at mendocinocounty.org. Great. Well, thank you all so much. I see there's a caller, but we, we just don't have time this morning to take any more calls. Um, but I want to thank you and um, for all being here, and thank you listeners for tuning in to Citizen U and learning more about county emergency services and Measure P. And uh, stay tuned now for Interlude from Patrick Gomes in just a few minutes. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.